that's far too many of you dying You know we've got to find a way So what's going on? What's going on? Let's talk about what's it. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? All around us. What's going on? 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 Let's talk about what's going on. Hey, conversations with Daisy Jones. What's going on? Hello and welcome to Conversations with Daisy Jones. I know you're having a great day because every day is a great day. And I know you're glad to be alive. You know, millions didn't make it, but we are one of the ones who did. And so we are having a great conversation today. We've already been talking, so I welcome you to the conversation Today, I am talking to Dr. Towen Opisami. She is a medical doctor. She has a family practice. Uh, she actually has several branches in the Maryland area, and her specialties are uh, family practice, as I said. It includes HIV medicine and treating substance abuse disorders. Dr. Opisami has been practicing medicine for over 20 years. And uh, she's licensed in D.C. and Maryland. I have had the great opportunity to meet her and spend some time with her. So, listen, I wanted you to meet her as well. And so, Dr. Opasami, welcome to the conversation. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. I'm glad that you're here. It's my pleasure and my honor. Anyone who knows me knows that I am always interested in wellness, health, so that we can all live a vibrant life. We're walking our faith out, right? But there are a lot of things we need to know about our bodies, our minds, our souls, and our spirits. So I want you to, want, want to welcome you here, and I want you to introduce yourself to my audience. Thank you again. I'm Toyin Okwesami and I'm a family practitioner, mm-hmm. HIV specialist. I also treat substance use disorder, including um, treating children. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just to explain this further. Yes. Babies, infants from any age to adults any age. I treat hepatitis C, hepatitis B, okay. and um, just whoever needs help mm-hmm. in our setting, by the grace of God, we can treat. And you know what I'm hearing, Dr. Opasami, what I'm hearing from you, even in, in, in what you, you've just said, is that you care about the patient. You care about the whole person, not yes. just writing scripts and um, just kind of like cycling people in and out, but you care about the whole person. So I want to ask you about, to kind of summarize the view of mind, body, soul, and spirit and how important it is for all of that to be in alignment. You're right. And it's very important for us to pay attention to all these uh, fragments mm-hmm. of ourselves. Medicine is not just the tablets, the pills that mm-hmm. we hand out, that mm-hmm. we give. Yes. Medicine 
is actually paying attention also to the mental health, to the mind. If you don't get that, you really cannot treat. Mm -hmm. So yes, you're right. In our setting, we cannot see patients and have them just walk in and walk out. They're not just numbers. We spend the time to get to know our patients, to get to know where they are mentally, mm -hmm. to get to know are they ready even for treatment sometimes mm. when we're going to treat. Because some disease entities like HIV, when the patient is not ready, it's actually detrimental mm. to start treatment because if they take the medication and stop, take it again and stop, um, they can develop resistances that can become um, a problem. Mm. So HIV that has become just like treating diabetes or mm -hmm. high blood pressure mm -hmm. would then become a killer mm. again um, because of non-compliance. So it is very important to get the mindset of yes. the patient, mm. know where they are. So we do a lot of mental health mm. also in our setting. Even though it's a family practice setting, mm -hmm. you know, in the core, um, we have to attend to the mental health. Yes. Otherwise, you cannot properly treat the patient mm -hmm. or achieve the goal that we need to achieve. Mm. So before we go further, I want you to tell us your backstory. How did you become a medical doctor? What inspired you? Were you five years old and decided, <laughs> I want to be a doctor? Or after college, you thought, I want to be a doctor now. Because I'm, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the show, Bob Hart's Abishola. It comes on CBS. Are you familiar with it? No. 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 I watch it. They're in the second season. Just had the season finale. finale. So Abishola is Nigerian. And she moved to the U.S. with her child her, because um, her and her husband, he came to, he came to, but then he eventually left the family for, I think, 10, 12 years or something. My point is, so Abishola was a, is a registered nurse. So after practicing in the hospital, Bob had a heart attack, heart attack, I believe. Um, he's a Caucasian brother. They fall in love. And so they're planning a wedding. And now, um, Abishola decides she wants to be a doctor now. So yeah. Abishola is probably 30, 32 or something in this show. So that's what I wonder. Was it later in life? Um, you, you're youthful. When did you decide I want to be a medical doctor? How did that happen? Oh, wow. <laughs> Mine happened much earlier. Yes. I know that... When I was much younger, my parents would get me stethoscopes and, you know, medical kits mm -hmm. that I would use the, st the stethoscope to auscultate people. I would fake taking care of wounds and all and bandage people's mm -hmm. uh, arms and legs and what have you because... I've always wanted to be a physician from the time I remember. But there are things in my background that caused that. Mm. I loved my grandfather, my paternal grandfather. Mm -hmm. He lived with us, gentle man. I mean, just an amazingly loving man, always smiling. Yes. I've never seen him angry. But um, I came home from school one day and 
he had had a stroke. Mm. I was the first person to see him. He was paralyzed on one side down. He could not talk. And I didn't understand it. Mm. Um, his face was, you know, dropping on one okay. side. Yes. So I ran to get my mom who just came back from work. Mm -hmm. And that led to a slew of things. I remembered our family physician mm -hmm. coming into the house and in tears because he said he's been coming to visit mm -hmm. and never once checked my grandfather's oh. blood pressure. Mm. And at that age, I thought, ow, this could be present, prevented, mm. even though I didn't have a formal conversation mm -hmm. um, with the physician who I know very well today, mm -hmm. and Dr. Ademiluyi, who took care of our family and uh, was just an amazing physician. But because my grandfather was not his direct patient, patient. or they just didn't think about it, mm. um, that did something for me. Actually shaped me even today, mm -hmm. has helped me not to overlook mm -hmm. the little things or anyone. Mm -hmm. I, I remembered at that age that if something could be done or could have been done, mm -hmm. I wish it was mm -hmm. because my grandfather never regained mm -hmm. any function that mm -hmm. he lost. And... Then he came to my uncle. My uncle drank a lot mm -hmm. and had liver disease. So this same doctor, I remembered when he was on his deathbed, mm -hmm. my uncle was practically on his deathbed, um, told my parents while I was standing there with them in the hospital. Yes. And if you understand Africa, children are not allowed to talk uh -huh. when adults are... Mm -hmm. um, having conversations, which was why I could not ask questions mm -hmm. even about my grandfather. But he told my parents that he would cut out every dead area in the liver, that the liver is the only organ that grows back in the body. Mm -hmm. And then he would, you know, save the good part and my uncle was going to do well. And true to his point, my uncle did fantastic mm -hmm. and lived at least another 30 years mm -hmm. after that. Um, I remember that and from these two experiences, I decided I was going to be a doctor, mm -hmm. I was, I was, that I would make changes mm -hmm. in people's lives. And again, that shaped me because I do a lot in prevention. Yes. I believe in preventing things before mm -hmm. they occur. And if you look at people like me, an allopath, we actually do better in preventing, mm -hmm. when things have happened, we treat, um, sometimes or most times, palliate. Okay, explain. I want to kind of dial back just a little bit. You said um, people like you, a... Halopath. 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 We, we study allopathic medicine as opposed to naturopathic doctors. Mm -hmm. So, so yes, yeah, so let's pause right there and talk about what that is even more specific because that's a new term I've not heard. Okay. So, allopaths are doctors who went to medical school mm -hmm. and got a medical degree yes, and practice the way we do, then, you know, going to 
some go into residency, some don't. Mm -hmm. If you don't do residency, you become a general generalist. Okay. If you do and complete residency, mm -hmm. then you can be a family practitioner, mm -hmm. a pediatrician, orthopedic surgeon, neurosurgeon, neurologist, what mm -hmm. have you. Mm -hmm. You can go into any specialty. Those are all allopaths. All allopath. Yes, with allopathic an medicine with an A. Ah, interesting. Interesting. I've mm -hmm. never heard allopathic medicine about that, right? Of course, naturopath herbalist yes but never an allopath so that's interesting that's powerful and then so um from there you were talking about another word you said about um you were saying you work uh on prevention first i believe very strongly in prevention mm -hmm. um if you remember my granddad yes. who had a stroke mm -hmm. if at any point his blood pressure had been checked mm -hmm. and found to be elevated, mm -hmm. it could have been treated and it would have averted him having a stroke. Yes. As simple as that. Mm -hmm. So, what do I mean by prevention? It's very important to see a physician like me at least once a year. Mm -hmm. And that once a year would dictate then yes. if more visits need to be done, mm -hmm when it should be done and how it should be done. In a visit like that, the blood pressure should be checked, the blood sugar, check kidneys, liver, cholesterol. You know, even vitamin D mm -hmm. needs to be checked. Mm -hmm. It's very important. You know, based on the history also that the patient gives, we may check even more. Yes. And if something is found to be amiss, mm -hmm. then we treat. High blood pressure, for instance, is mm -hmm. a silent killer. Mm -hmm. We call it a silent killer because most people that, who have high blood pressure have no symptoms. Mm -hmm. And without any warning, they may have a stroke, mm -hmm. congestive heart failure, kidney failure, mm -hmm. heart attack, or even blindness. A number of chronic uh, diseases associated with high blood pressure, untreated. Absolutely, untreated. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that word, untreated. Mm -hmm. But when diagnosed and treated to goal, because just taking medication yes. for blood pressure does not mean that you have your blood pressure under control. Mm. We have a standard. So the blood pressure has to be treated to mm -hmm. that standard. Mm -hmm. And so follow-up will be needed. That was why I said when you go to that once-a-year visit, it yeah. dictates how many more visits, how often, when, and what to do mm -hmm. after that. So with blood pressure, for instance, if medication is started, mm -hmm. then, um, of course, diet and exercise has I, to be incorporated. I was going to say we must <laughs> talk about, I wanted to hear your views because you are fit. And I wanted to hear your views about the eating and how the individual's diet is associated with the overall health of our bodies. You know, high blood pressure, cholesterol, things like that, that we can do something about, right? That's right. That is huge, huge, very important. And that's, again, what we're talking about, the body, mind and soul. Yes. The whole being. Yes. So I'll talk about that in a minute. Mm -hmm. However... When blood pressure medication is started, 
the blood pressure has to be monitored. You have to get the blood pressure to go. Then you will have properly treated the blood pressure. And people ask these questions a lot that um, can I stop my medication? When do I stop my medication? Mm -hmm. No, you shouldn't stop your medication without your doctor's guidance. Mm -hmm. um, most people on blood pressure medication would have to take it for the rest of their lives mm. because it depends on why they got high blood pressure. Some people have high blood pressure because they inherited the yes. genes. Uh -huh. So there's nothing you can do about your genes. Mm -hmm. You would have to take the medication for life. But some people get high blood pressure because of weight, mm -hmm. for instance. Mm -hmm. There are other reasons one could develop high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm limiting it to, you know, sure. talking about uh, just a few things. Weight, for instance. So if you lose the weight, you can lose that blood pressure mm -hmm. elevation. Mm -hmm. And then medication can be stopped. Diet is important. Since I'm talking about high blood pressure, you know, decreasing salt in the food. Mm -hmm will be helpful increasing fruits and vegetables decreasing dairy products meaning you know like cheeses you know and stuff like that that are dairy products decreasing their intake and exercising so decreasing this bluebell eating all this bluebell ice cream and, uh, had to throw that in there had to throw it in there can't leave it out all of those things dairy products yeah. yeah and note what i said i said decreasing decreasing you didn't say quit I altogether say quit. decrease yeah yeah i think it would be an unrealistic expectation mm -hmm. to tell somebody to quit what they've been doing for God knows when. Yes. But, you know, start with decreasing mm -hmm. and see how you do. Mm -hmm. Diet is very important though critical. There's so much junk out there these days. And I call it junk. Yes. Just what it is. Mm -hmm. It's very important to incorporate, you know, those vegetables. Maybe start your day with smoothies. Make it yourself. Mm -hmm. It saves money mm -hmm. and you know what you put in it. Yes. You know, mix your fruits, the berries, the kiwi, the pineapples. Those are power fruits. And vegetables like kale, even spinach. Mm -hmm. Mix it in. I recommend things like coconut water mm -hmm. to blend it. Or, you know, you can even add almond milk, yes. stuff like that. Blend it and drink it. That gives you... Uh, high percentage of the content of fruits and vegetables you mm -hmm. will need for the day. You can throw in peanut butter, mm -hmm. just one tablespoon yes. of peanut butter. Yeah. And that is fantastic. Gives you the protein you need for yes. the day. Yes. A tablespoon of peanut butter. Simple as that. Exercise is very important. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just brisk walking, mm -hmm. 30 to 45 minutes a day. Yes. You can start with every other day. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, you're looking forward to that time you work yeah, yeah. and then you can get out there and increase it to every day. And you can even increase the time that you do it. Mm -hmm. But all of these are very moving, critical. Moving, moving the body. Yes. Yeah. I, you know, walking is also therapeutic, I'm sure. Not just for the physical part of us, but mental and spiritual part of us too. appreciates going for a walk. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I agree. And you know... When people are married or they have partners, yes. I recommend that they work together. Together. It creates for bonding time. Uh, say, it say helps that their again. mental That's health. Powerful, yes. You know, <laughs> even if it's, you know, let's see who would outwork right. each other, you right. know. And uh, 
it just creates this bonding. It does, yes. And a together mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. when it's not argument time or talking about finances yes. or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It is refreshing. It's refreshing. Also, we're complimenting each other's longevity. Right? If right. we do it together, yes. we can motivate each other yes. and we can help each other extend our life, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's correct. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> I've never heard a doctor speak so holistically in my life. I've never heard this before because you're speaking very holistically of how you, you um, execute your practice and your work. And most of the time it's, okay, what's wrong? Because I only have 30 minutes to deal with you. Oh, no, that's wrong. It's 10 minutes. 10 to 15 minutes. <laughs> Even shorter. Want. Yes. And in our setting, you know, um, I don't rush patients. Yes. 80% of diagnosis is the history. Mm. I don't know who you are until mm. you tell me. Mm. And if I don't give you that time to talk to me, then I'm not going to know who you are. That's powerful. And I am not going to be able to take care of you. Eighty. You said, um, Dr. Opasami, 80% of the diagnosis that you make is finding about my who I am, my family history, and my medical history. Yes. Uh-huh. And even on regular visits, even if I've known, say the first time you come to us, yes. we check the family history, surgical history, mm-hmm. past medical history and all of that. But even every visit, if you come in for just cough, yes. if I don't know when you cough, the um, consistency of the cough, mm-hmm. um, if you produce mucus mm-hmm. with the cough or not, there are many questions. Is somebody else sick? you have fever with this and all of that are you sneezing with it mm-hmm. you have runny nose all of those things if i don't take time, time to find that out i cannot possibly make the right diagnosis mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so 80 percent of diagnosing at any point in time is by getting a good history mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the remaining 20 percent is you know if i'm thinking okay it could be this or this then i need um, further investigation, like, you know, imaging, mm-hmm, x-ray mm-hmm. or, you know, labs or something to hone in my diagnosis, yes. I still need that foundation. Mm-hmm. So I don't rush patients. Yes. And I think the most complaints patients would have about me is the time it takes to wait. But what mm-hmm. patients don't realize is, okay, you have to wait because somebody is with me mm-hmm. and... I'm doing my best yes, to yes. do the best for this yes. patient. When you come in, you're going to get the same time mm-hmm. or the time you need. Yes. And it's different from one person to the other for each patient. Yes. Mm-hmm. What doesn't <laughs> fail to happen is that the very patients who say, oh, this wait is long. And all, when they come in, they don't want to leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then, Cause, cause, you know, they, they, because they want to say, yes. they want to talk. And sometimes it would amaze you that people want to talk about things that they have not been able to tell other anyone people. else. Yes, they want to share. Mm. And I always praise God yes. for that opportunity that they choose me yes. to mm-hmm. open up and to dialogue mm-hmm. because it helps. On the long run, in order to take care of the whole being, yes, and in order to take care of the little and you know 
little things we will call it because sometimes high blood pressure becomes little mm. when compared to other issues mm -hmm. the patient may have. Mm -hmm. Now, I do want to ask, and we have to go back to your journey in becoming, I know we skipped over it, but I want to hear <laughs> it and go back with your journey in education and training. But I want to ask you, how do you teach patients to advocate for their own health? Hmm. Hmm. Or what would you I tell say them to, to someone? I tell them, I encourage my patients to talk, to be assertive, not rude. Yes. To take charge of their own health. Mm -hmm. I encourage my patients to even learn their medications. Mm -hmm. If you're on medications, know the name, know the dose, know why you're taking it. Yes. Ask questions. It's mm -hmm. your body. Yes. It's your life. Mm -hmm. And you have to take charge and control of it by being educated. Yes. And make sure the person who needs to educate you mm -hmm. does the education by you asking. And if you don't understand, ask again. Mm -hmm. We doctors, allopaths, have the tendency, not knowingly, but we have the tendency to talk over patients. Mm. How do we do that? Medical language is different from English language. Mm -hmm. So if I'm talking to you and I, I started telling you about, oh, you have hepatomegaly. What does that mean? Right. Yes. You have no clue what that means. But mm -hmm. yes, that's what the patient has. Mm -hmm. I need to explain to the patient that they have enlarged liver. Oh. Their liver is enlarged. Most patients who know what the, what liver is, yes. they may not know where it is. Mm -hmm. I can show them mm -hmm. what part of the body, the the part, the segment of the body where it is, mm -hmm. and tell them that it is big. It's bigger than it should be. A patient would understand that, yes. but will not understand hepatomegaly. So if a, if a doctor talks and ex tries to explain a diagnosis and they don't understand, mm -hmm. I encourage, ask. Yeah. I don't understand what you said. Mm -hmm. What is hepatomegaly? Mm -hmm. They have to take charge. And speak up. And speak up. And speak up. And so, get educated. Knowledge yes. is power. Yes. Our health is our wealth. Yes. Yeah. So let's go back to the journey. Okay. Okay. So I decided to do medicine, and that's all I've always wanted to do. My path um, took me overseas because I applied to medical school in Nigeria mm -hmm. and I got into a medical school but when I my mom took me there um, I, they were, we were told that my name was no more on the list mm. for whatever happened my parents made a decision that they sending me out of Nigeria mm -hmm. to continue my education so I was sent to Britain and in Britain I had to uh, this was after high school. Mm -hmm. I had to do A-level sciences in order to get into medical school. A-level sciences? A-level -le sciences. So that's physics, chemistry, biology, okay. uh -huh. but at advanced level. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You just did what I tell my patients yes, to do. I don't understand. So let me ask you the question, right? Exactly. A-level, advanced level. Advanced level sciences. Okay. okay. So this is, see, what we do in in the high school period and up to high school level mm -hmm. is is uh, ordinary level mm -hmm. sciences. We call it O-levels. Mm -hmm. So after 
high school, if one does not get into medical school mm -hmm. um, directly, then you can, you still want to do medicine, you can opt to do the advanced level sciences. Okay. So it would, it would equate to community college here in the okay. U.S. Okay. Okay. And thank you for asking that. Yes. You yes. know, because you have to ask. That's mm -hmm. how you take charge of your own education, mm -hmm. of your own knowledge. Yes. yes. So I went to London and basically did community... Um, Medicine? No. Um, community college, Community so college, speak. so to speak. Mm -hmm. But it's advanced level sciences mm -hmm. and you just do those three classes. Got you. And it's... Uh, um, it's a two-year course. Mm -hmm. And during that time, I met a lady at church who thought I was brilliant mm -hmm. and that <laughs> the medical system in the UK is quite expensive, mm -hmm. that I could get into Moscow, Russia for medical school mm. on full scholarship. But I had to go back to Nigeria, apply which I did, mm -hmm. and I got full scholarship to study medicine for seven years in Moscow, Russia. You should wow. not have asked me this question. Uh, yes, I should have, because <laughs> you, you went to the UK, mm -hmm. you did the A-level classes, you met a woman divinely at church, yes. and who said you were brilliant, and um, you could have a full ride, at a medical university in Moscow, Russia. Russia. When it was still communist. When it was still communist. This was 1981. Wow. That I got Fascinating. In. And I went to Moscow and was one of the top six um, students. Mm -hmm. So we were separated mm -hmm. from the class of 100, six of us, mm -hmm. um, to... The first thing we had to do was study Russian language, which we were all speaking in my class. We were all speaking Russian in three months. And then, you know, we started the sciences. But I did not like the communist system. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if you ask me what I didn't like. What didn't you like? Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so, what didn't you like about the communist system? So everybody was basically treated the same, supposedly in every profession. But I like to cook my food. Mm -hmm. I've always liked to know what I put into my body. Mm -hmm. And so we ha you have to get ingredients. The ingredients were not like in the Western world that I was used to mm -hmm. or in Africa where you go to the market mm -hmm. or go to the grocery store and get what you need. Yes. Um, for tomatoes, you know, those produce and, you know, fresh things, you actually would line up once a week um, to get the produce. And a few times when um, the first, the next in line to purchase mm -hmm. or two or three people ahead of me, they run out of produce and then you wait for the next week. Oh, wow. I didn't like that. No, no. That single-handedly, you know, <laughs> just, you know, um, discouraged. Long story, I decided to leave after the first year. Okay. And in those days, you had to get a visa to go in mm -hmm. and a visa to leave the country. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So my visa to leave was denied. Um, it went th I went through battling, you know, um, having to get in front of you know, the board. Mm -hmm. And eventually, they allowed me to leave and told me to come back. I left and didn't go back. Ah, ah. So... I ended up in Munich, Germany, mm -hmm. 
for nine months learning Gote in, at the Gote Institute, learning German language in order to yes. do medicine yes, there. Yes. And then I met a lady, Mary Beth Weber, from Minnesota, hmm. Caucasian lady who I've been looking for for a few years now and wow. don't know where she is. Yes. She encouraged me. Mm-hmm to come to the United States to read medicine. Mm. So I called my mom. My mom said she'll be with me in two weeks and we'll go to the U.S. And I came to the U.S. Got student visa and found out that in the U.S. you have to get a first degree. Mind you now, I don't have a first degree. Mm -hmm. You have to get a first degree, um, do MCAT, uh, do well there, and then apply to medical school. So... I had the choice of changing careers at that time, but all I want to do yes. is medicine. Yes. So I went to University of Illinois at Chicago, mm-hmm. got my first degree in three, I'll say three years, three and a half years, because I, have, I had a baby, my first son. So what did you study at the University of Biology. Chicago? Okay, okay. I um, started as a freshman in college, mm-hmm. got my first degree. Yes. And... Because I was pregnant with my second son mm-hmm. when I finished and I was given a year to do um, some kind of work mm-hmm. in my field. Didn't get any. Mm. I think people see my stomach and decide oh, right. Um, right. <laughs> I may not be appropriate for the position. Mm-hmm. So um, that led to a weight of Almost 10 years. Really? To get into medical school. So if you're but just, let me say to everyone, if you're just tuning into conversations with Daisy Jones, I am talking with medical doctor, HIV medicine, uh, family practice, and substance abuse disorder. Medical doctor, Dr. Towen Opisami, um, practices in Maryland. And DC, she is licensed in Maryland and DC, and you have medical practices. So you're just jumping into the conversation. Stick with us. We have at least ten more minutes. So, uh, Doctor Opasami, continue. I, I just had to say that because people are like, "Okay, who is she talking to today?" <laughs> so I had to tell them. All right. Yes. So I, I did. I ended up at Johns Hopkins. Yes. The Johns Hopkins mm-hmm. in Maryland, and I praise God and will always praise God for Mr. Lou Cody, mm-hmm. who deemed it fit to get the Johns Hopkins immigration to apply for my H1 visa since I was out of status at that time, yes. and eventually my permanent residency. Um, and Give me the opportunity to eventually be able to apply into medical school. So, after almost 10 years, almost, not quite, think about seven years, I um, got into the Medical College of Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. in Philadelphia. I love this school because it's the first women's medical college in the world. Okay. And uh, then became Medical College of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And then Medical College of Pennsylvania um, merged, first of all, be, sorry, became Allegheny. Mm-hmm. And then merged with, it became MCP Hanneman, merged with Hanneman. And today is Drexel. 
Okay. Drexel University. Yes. Okay. okay. But I, I'm a graduate of the Medical College of Pennsylvania. Mm. The historic Medical College, College. of Pennsylvania. Yes. Wow. What a journey. Fascinating. Um, because, you know, ins and outs, turns and shifts, but you had it on your heart that this is what I want to do. You didn't let anything stop you. Now, what I want to do is reach one person, one family, mm-hmm. one community yes. at a time. And I praise God that the Lord is helping me to do that through health fairs all over mm-hmm. um, the U.S. and uh, medical missions to Africa. Mm-hmm. We do medical missions to Kenya and Nigeria. Um, I'm able to take teams of doctors mm-hmm. and nurses from here and liaise with doctors, pharmacists, and nurses mm-hmm. on ground wherever we go to reach thousands, thousands of people. Wow. Are there specific areas in those countries that you, you focus on, more rural areas, or you're going to a combination of rural and urban? Are there certain areas where you see there are gaps in services that you want to target when you go? We go to the rural areas. Mm-hmm. We go to where we know we, we can bridge health disparities. My only pain is that um, I'm not satisfied anymore Mm -hmm. because I see that we diagnose chronic disease entities Mm -hmm. and the reason these people come to us is because they cannot afford medical care in their setting. Mm -hmm. So we give them three months, six months of medications, then what? Mm -hmm. It dawned on me that then what? Yes. They need to have ongoing care. We need funding to be able to maybe set up clinics in these rural areas Mm -hmm. where they don't have anything or they have to walk miles to get any help Mm -hmm. and when they get there they cannot afford it we need to it would be it would be fulfilling for me to be able to set up clinics where they can have their chronic long-term ailments taken care of Mm -hmm. on a more consistent basis Mm -hmm. And I'm trusting God that yes. we will get there. Yes, yes. So you're going every year. Of, of course, I'm sure 2020 pandemic year, you probably weren't afforded, afforded the opportunity to travel. But you plan to go every year? Or how often would you do the missions? Actually go every year. Okay. And believe it or not, 2020, I went. Okay, okay. And we go yearly and... Uh, do the best we can in every community. In 2018, we did 51 cataract surgeries. We averaged 200 tooth extractions a day. We saw 7,000. Yes, ma'am. We saw 7,316 people in one week. Um, I went with Dr. Ajagwe, who is a dentist from here. And by Thursday, we started on a Saturday, the 19th of May. Mm-hmm. By Thursday, his hands were swollen wow. and he could hardly move it and he didn't tell us. Wow. He didn't tell me mm-hmm. until we were done on Friday because he didn't want me to stop it. Yes. That's the passion and dedication of, um, of mm-hmm. our team, mm-hmm. of people we work with. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, it didn't make sense to bring people together. There is a lot of um, 
l lack of education, mm -hmm. for lack of a better word, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. Some people believe COVID is non-existent. Yes. Some believe it's the disease of the rich. That's the case in the U.S. as well, right? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. And um, so they weren't doing the needful, still not doing the needful in a lot of places. The, the people in the healthcare fields mm -hmm. actually are trying, but there isn't enough testing mm -hmm. and so it didn't make sense to have medical mission where we bring lots of people together yes then we will be risking yes um by doing that yeah. we'll be risking mm -hmm. spreading covid mm -hmm. if you know somebody does have covid there so what i did was actually went home and did a lot of education okay i actually went mm -hmm. you know went to churches mm -hmm. and with the permission of the pastors, yes. educates the body of Christ, went to, you know, communities mm -hmm. to educate. And at that time, um, they were talking, uh, one of our doctors here, pulmonologists, uh, at a Senate presentation mm -hmm. on December 9th, mm -hmm. 2020, December 8th. I saw it December 9th, where yes. he talked about ivermectin being prophylactic mm. so we pushed that and we're actually doing a research now with the university of lagos so utilizing I, ivermectin okay ivermectin yes that's an antibiotic what is that it's actually an antiparasitic okay okay um and he presented that in the in the icu it made a difference mm -hmm. in the number of days that patients stay in the ICU or reverse their course, but that it can also be used prophylactically. Mm -hmm. So meaning that if you take it, you will not get COVID. It's better to take it before and that it works better if in the beginning of diagnosis of COVID, mm -hmm. when you take it, those are in lines of what he presented. But more research, more, more research is needed mm -hmm. in the area so with university of lagos we mm -hmm. are doing a research now mm -hmm. but that stemmed from my travel yes yeah so last year last year mm -hmm. to nigeria mm -hmm. in december i tried in october mm -hmm. to go to nigeria mm -hmm. and our plane was returned oh, yeah because of there was crisis in lagos okay. and the governor enacted a curfew okay i think it was october 19 mm -hmm. also so and mm -hmm. so uh, Delta Airlines um, turned, turned back the flight from, around. from Senegal mm -hmm, mm -hmm. back to New York. Mm -hmm. So I attempted again in December okay. and successfully and you were made able it. To go. Yeah. Now, before we close out, because we are running out of time, I'm just loving this conversation. Mm -hmm. I want to ask about Medical Mondays. How oh. did you get involved with Medical Mondays? Where did it come from and what's the idea behind it? Fantastic. So a friend of mine and I, um, Dr. Jennifer Jones, mm -hmm. traveled to Spain and France. And on the way back, he, she felt that the medical knowledge, you know, um, the medical discussions we've had should be shared um, 
to greater mm-hmm. populace. Mm-hmm. So she suggests she asked me if you if we can do that mm-hmm. on Facebook, mm-hmm. what day would I pick? Okay. And I said Mondays are the best day for me. And she coined Mod- medical Mondays right there on the plane so as we were coming back. So you're doing um, uh, Facebook Live. Medical Mondays. We're going to start Facebook Live. We okay. do Zoom now and it, it, we on YouTube Okay. Um, okay. presently. And I think we're getting on Twitter. I don't even know how to use Facebook. I have Facebook. I don't know how to use it. <laughs> and she said, you know what? Don't worry. She don't got worry. This. Dr. She's Jennifer do it. has it, right? <laughs> Dr. Jennifer has it. And, and so, there's another uh-huh. doctor who is involved in this mm-hmm. um, who in the future, I will talk about her. But right now, she is, uh, all I'll say is she's a gentle giant. The brain behind everything. Financially, um, morally, um, educationally, a doctor herself. And, uh, but presently, I'll just be silent about Mm. her name. So it's really three of us. And what it's about is educating the community, giving free medical education, but without, you know, um, we're not establishing care Mm -hmm. of any sort. Mm -hmm. But have people ask questions, whatever they need to learn, we we do. And we bring um, specialists every week, Monday night at 7 Mm p.m. And if anybody is interested in participating, actually, I encourage everybody to participate. Just email Medical Mondays D-R-O That's Dr. O. Ah. Medical Mondays with Mm -hmm. an S Mm -hmm. D-R-O at gmail.com Excellent. Excellent. So Medical Mondays are open to anyone who has just heard what you just said. Yes. And then they can find um, this this for the Medical Mondays. Do you, is it a group? Is just an event based kind of? It's an event based kind of um, opportunity for information. Yes. Okay. And it's it's the three of you that you, you're behind it. Yes. But of course, you're not going to disclose the third doctor. <laughs> Now, um, I've been talking with Dr. Toen Opisami. She's a medical doctor, family practice in uh, Maryland, and she is licensed in Maryland and D.C. We've been talking about life. I love it when we talk about life, her background, her journey. Um, She's been practicing medicine for over 20 years. And so, Dr. Um, O, I want you to have the last say before I close us out. Thank you. Um, I just want to encourage everyone to do the preventive care. Don't wait till something happens. Mm -hmm. Don't wait till you start feeling sick. Don't wait till cancer has occurred. Go to your doctors at least once a year and do the regular screenings that needs to be done so that if there are disease entities that you may have, it could be tackled and prevented. Mm-hmm. I love it. Thank you so much for the conversation. Bravo. I appreciate you so much. This has been inspiring, motivating, empowering, and entertainment. And entertainment because we have laughed. So I thank you so much for being here. I do want you to again say how people can reach out to you. Um, Medical Mondays with an S. 
d as in david r as in robot o as in orange at gmail.com medical mondays doctor o at gmail.com and if they reach out to you yes I'm sure absolutely they will reach absolutely me. and so thank you all for tuning in to conversations with daisy jones you know i say this all the time that in these times of ever evolving technology remember a conversation is still the most powerful communication on the planet we get understanding we get clarity and so we can have agreement and so until we talk next time make it a great day season your words with grace speak life god loves you we'll talk again again on conversations with daisy jones Brother, brother, there's far too many of you dying. You know we've got to find a way to bring some living here today. So what's going on? What's going on? Let's talk about what's it. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? All around us. What's going on? 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 Let's talk about what's going on. Hey, conversations with Daisy Jones. What's going on?